Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Did You Have a Question? This is Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Um, got, a, got a special guest today on the show, a good friend of mine, uh, somebody who's been around the site for a long time. Uh, I have no idea what he's going to ask, um, so I'm just going to warn you beforehand um, that whatever you're about to hear could be, uh, it could be random, it could be very well on topic, I guess we'll find out. Pete Haminski, uh, you know him, what's your, what's your hand on the board, Pete? Is it? So it's actually P.T. Huminski. Okay. Um, very unoriginal. Um, <laughs> I think mine's actually just Brad Franklin, isn't it? So are you, uh, yeah, it so, is. So, you know, originality, not necessarily, uh, in abundance when it comes to the, to the message board. Um, I guess, yeah, well, let's start there. Pete, did you have a question? I do have a question. So we all get on you about fearless predictions and oh all of that fun stuff, but oh God. other than Greg Stroman, <laughs> the infamous Greg Stroman, what is the who is the one player Ooh. for both basketball and football oh, that you are shocked still to this day that they didn't choose UVA? Wow, that's a good question. Yes, Greg Stroman. Oh, Greg Stroman. Um, <laughs> it's so funny too because like that is the only one that I'm pretty sure I ever an actual fearless prediction that was wrong. Um, but it is the one that will haunt me um, till the end of time. Um, I remember arriving at the high school that morning and everything just felt off and, uh, and it very quickly, um, got worse. Um, let's see basketball wise, the, the player who let's start with basketball, a guy, I mean, I'm still in the, I'm, I'm still shocked that Henry Coleman's not going to end up a, a Wahoo. Um, I know you have very strong opinions about Henry. We, we don't necessarily need to go into, but I, man, that, that one just felt when I remember watching him at the Adidas camp, uh, in DC, uh, or not, not a camp. It was an event, and I was just, man, I really thought that was going to go UVA's way. Um, probably has to be Kenny Williams, just because that one was so. There that was, was mine. Yeah, th- there was so much interest. I mean, he was probably the closest thing to Henry outside of um, James Robinson, right? Um, you you had a low. It was a an in-state kid. Virginia was in on. Uh, there was a whole. There was that time frame where you know, do they offer? Do they not offer? Then there was also the the blue bud aspect of it all. So I think in essence, Kenny's probably the one for me because up until he he actually committed, I still had people, you know, pretty well connected people telling me that they thought it was going to be UVA, and everybody was shocked. Ultimately, I think what happened in that situation was there was one point of contact that basically everybody was talking to, whether you're media, whether you were just somebody around different programs, and they all were getting the same information, except that person uh, was a little bit removed from the decision in ways that nobody really thought was going to be a thing. And so ultimately, that one didn't go the way that most people expected it to go. So other than maybe James Robinson, I would say, Kenny Williams is, is my one on the hoop side. On the football side, man, oh, um, I mean, what could be even be close to Greg Stroman? Um, <laughs> I can't remember his name. Now, this is this is not indicative of the the surprise. Uh, Boykin, the kid that that was committed, and then was like signing day, and it sounded like he was going to go to UVA. And I think he even told people as he was on onto the stage, it was going to be UVA, and then he committed. I think it was Notre Dame. Um, and I hope I'm getting the right name right. It was one of those DC kids, but I mean, on the football side, man, Stroman was so Stroman is such an outlier for me on the recruiting side of guys that I really thought, you know, not necessarily just because they fit UVA, but because it just seemed like that thing was, you know, pretty far down the road. Um, 
But young, I still wonder if he was actually just trolling UVA the entire time. No, I don't think so. I think in the eleventh hour, um, Torian Gray, who was the DB's coach there, really talked to him and said, "Look, they're you know they're not going to use you a DB. They're going to move you around." And he just got in his head, and ultimately, because that was the staff, he felt like he could maybe believe in the most because there wasn't as there was that staff right, there wasn't as much turmoil at that right. Time. Exactly, that staff was much more. Um, firm, you know, in terms of what was in the ground and how things were working. Um, so I think ultimately that was one where um, he decided to trust. And I mean, look, he had a pretty good career, so you can't really knock him for it, I guess. But I mean, he's still playing on Sundays. That's right. Yeah, can't knock him. That's that's a good question, Pete. Good job. Okay. Next question I have for you is: okay. If you could have any transferred player back, particularly in basketball, okay, from a, on a prior team. Who would it be? So, all right. So, make sure I understand the question. So, you're asking if I could have had a guy who transferred out come back, right, um, onto that team, onto that specific team. Yeah. You know, BJ Stith would have been fun to watch later in his career, uh, especially once he became kind of a scorer. Um, I don't know how he would have fit in on this year's team, um, though he would have been very interesting on the one the year before. Um, Mariel would have been interesting in the sense that uh, it would have given him a scoring punch at a time when they really could have used a scoring punch. You know, you think back to the way that 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 uh, that UMBC game went. Well, not just UMBC, but I was thinking like you know later in the ACC season. I mean, yeah. granted they won we the ACC tired. tournament, but we yeah, got exactly. Tired legs they, later in the yeah, year. one more dude would have probably been beneficial. I'd probably say one of those two guys. Um, football wise, guy who left. Let's just let's just open that up instead of say transfer. Let's just say guy who left. Um, and, and, and then, I mean, in some ways, Trey Harbison would be really fun to watch in this offense. Um, I mean, he's obviously having a pretty good, uh, go of it at, uh, was it Northern Illinois? Um, yep. uh, he would have been fun, um, strictly because I think that he could have been the guy at times, um, that maybe, I guess maybe he would have been a better player than maybe he, or maybe even the staff at the time expected him to become in that short amount of time. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I I, I kind of in some ways wish that it had worked out for RJ Proctor's stages because I love RJ and I think he was a, a really he's a really good kid. I'm excited for him to to see what he does at OU and certainly it sounds from talking to different people around the program like you know both sides sort of saw it as you know what maybe it's you know, a change of scenery is good for me. Um, Clean start. Yeah, you know sometimes that's not a bad thing. Um, you know he he got his degree and and now he gets to to do some different stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of guys maybe who. Like academics got in the way. Um, Lord, who was that running back? Uh, um, mm, Clifton, running before star kid, uh, whose name is going to haunt me in the moment. Oh, who ended up at Liberty? Yeah, 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 that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know who you're talking about. Man, he he was. Gosh, he was such a, a unique player. Um, a big body running back yeah. who, who, and he was fast. Yeah, and he had more length than you would you would assume most guys with with that kind of skill set would have. But um, but yeah, for me on the hook on the hoop side, probably Shayok on that on that uh, 2018 team would have been um, it would have I'll been mine nice to watch. All right, who is it? Mine for basketball is actually Tristan Spurlock. Yeah, after yeah. watching him on this throwback basketball tournament thing, the basketball tournament thing that they've got on ESPN, he would have killed it in Tony's system by the time he was a junior. Yeah, uh, he would his length would have just been impossible to deal with out there on the perimeter. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. I, you know, it's funny. I had not thought. I mean, a lot of those early ones. You know, when you when you're programming flux, those are those are harder. But yeah, that's a good point. You know, with his length and, you know, you think about how he compares. You know, to Jabri. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and sort of the, you know, I mean, Jabri is, I think, at that, you know, at similar stages, a, a much better prospect. But in terms of Absolutely. skill sets and stuff, Jabri brings a lot to the table that Virginia really hasn't had. But, you know, Tristan kind of had some of that uh, in his bag. He just didn't necessarily have it quite as, you know, developed at that point. Um, yeah, that was another another good one, man. So wait, do you have do you have more? Do you have what, do you have a whole list? What are you working from? No, I've got a, I've got another question. I'm right. actually just kind of going off the top of my head. Oh, okay, nice. But this is actually more of a personal question oh, for God. you. So, oh, if you could only watch one show, oh God, for the rest of your life, <sighs> is it Lost or Breaking <laughs> Bad? Oh man, um, mm, one show forever. Whew. It might be the wire. Um, I'm trying to think of like if we I might not be able to be friends anymore, Brad. If it's the wire, no. I mean, listen, I love the wire. Uh, the wire is probably number two on my loss is my number one show of all time. Um, and and Breaking Bad is probably third. Um, dang, that's a tough one. The thing about Lost is is that you have lots of little little things that you can notice and and stuff that you, you know. So if you're only watching it forever. Um, but God, Breaking Bad was so well done. I might have to say if for if if the question is. For the rest of time, there's so much about Breaking Bad there to enjoy beyond just what's in each episode. I probably would. It's like fifty-one forty-nine. I'd probably go Breaking Bad. Okay, but I but you know, talk to me in two hours, and I might feel differently. So, all right, Arden asked a question about national championship in football and if it's a reality, and right. I, I I tend to think that it that it is but it's going to have to have so many like you had said before it's going to have to have so many things go its way but here's my question for you so if we get through the notre dame game undefeated what do you think the odds are that we will get to the acc championship game undefeated oh all right, the thing all right, two things. One, undefeated is is it's usually easy to say that a team won't go undefeated because you have there's just so much out there that can happen, right? So I think the smart play is to say that that, that there's a very, you know, small chance that they could go undefeated. That being said, if if you look at the the roster, excuse me, the 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 schedule, if they come out of Notre Dame at um 5 and 0, they got to go to Miami on a Friday night which could be tough, right? But they do get an extra break, um, if I'm looking at my calendar correctly, right? They do. So they get the bye week. So, I mean, typically, Barranco teams have been pretty strong coming off the bye. Um, Ferber's not here to give me the number because he probably knows it off the top of his head. But I, I don't. Um, I, I would say that if they go, if they, if they go to, to, to Miami 5-0, and I would say there's a probably a – I would say I don't want to give odds. Let's let's say there's a a good chance that they could be undefeated. The problem, the the one problem I see there is that I I don't know what to expect from Louisville. I think they can beat Miami. I think they can beat Duke, and I think they can definitely beat Carolina. Georgia Tech, Liberty at home, not really worried about those. Virginia Tech, we'll get to later. But to me, it's that Louisville game in October. You're playing a new system. You know, I, I think 
that staff, that new staff is is going to be Satterfield's a, a good coach. I, I think that's going to be a formidable group. I think they were. It's not. I don't think that they lack for talent. I just. I don't know what they're going to be by that point. They could be markedly better. They could also be in the doldrums, right? Because they're right. Uh, you know they're a, a group of flux. It could be like our and, first year with Broncos. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It could be like one of those deals where you have more talent, but that talent doesn't yet fit what you really need it to do, and so the schemes and the and the systems don't really match the personnel yet. Um, that would be the one hiccup that I possibly could see before you get to to, to the Tech game uh, on Black Friday. So I would say pretty good. I say if, if they can come out of Notre Dame uh, undefeated. Now, that being said, I don't think they're going to come out of Notre Dame and not be in a really good spot. I expect them at this point, you know, I think they're going to beat Pitt. They'll beat William & Mary. Florida State, they should win that game strictly because I, I don't think Willie is nearly as far along in that thing as he should be. Um, and I'm not necessarily positive at this point that he's the answer there, but I do think they're talented. Um, but that one's at home. I, I think it, it's a, and it's a name game, so to speak. So I think, you, you know, kids are going to be up for it. Old Dominion will be interesting in the sense that it's a home game. Old Dominion shouldn't necessarily be that great. Um, but it is coming in between the Notre Dame game and the Florida state game. So there's some trap potential, but I mean, I, I even if they're not undefeated tech four and one wouldn't be bad. You know what I mean? Ultimately, this is a program that's won, you know, double digits in games how many times in the last 20 three. years you know like three so, in history so so if they're four and one before um october even arrives i think you know that's a that's a really strong spot to be in even if they're not undefeated i mean i, I think virginia is by far the odds on favorite they should be the odds on favorite they are clearly the favorite to me to win the coastal the question is going to be when we're talking style points, do they do it and they, you know, are undefeated? Do they have one loss? Where are they? The Notre Dame game seems to be the most likely of the losses, especially because it's on the road. But man, these kids, you know, this program, they do a good thing, a good job of getting up, getting these kids focused for for these games. I mean, you think back to what they did with the Belk Bowl um, yep. in a tough spot where you where you you were you were hurting on the uh, defensive side of the ball, right? You had like three dudes on yeah, the defensive line. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I understand that at that point, you know, South Carolina, some of those kids had checked out. I don't think that we're talking out of school to say that. But, you know, I think for a team like that, given the experience level the that this team has, I think you got to feel pretty confident going into uh, going to South Bend and, and seeing what this team can do. All right, last question I've got for you is, okay. what game that you – either saw in person or covered live in person for basketball and football were the biggest disappointments <laughs> Keep going. during your tenure as at, as a UVA fan slash observer observer. Okay. Biggest disappointments. Okay. I look, I don't mean to beat the UMBC train, but man, that well, no, forget the UMBC game. Let's, okay. You want to, you want to take the outlier out. One, okay. Okay. That one, I mean, that one's an obvious okay. skip, skip UMBC. <sighs> um. All right. Let's see. Uh, let's let me think about this for a second. So, if I take UMBC out of the equation, um, you know that Florida loss in Orlando was really rough. Um, it was it was rough because you were going into a season, like an off season of uncertainty, a little bit, right? Because you it was just all it was a rough showing. You got trounced. Um, that one was tough. I'm trying to think of pre – I'm pretty sure I saw uh, before I actually um, got on the beat, I'm pretty sure I, I saw a handful of games, and I'm not sure – I think most of them were non-conference wins. Um, probably, too, the, that Miami ACC tournament game was rough, um, the one where – was it Sammy? And, we gave up yeah. 10 points in the yeah. final – 
15 yeah. seconds. Yeah. But that I think hurt. probably the biggest one for me probably has to be the sweet 16 or excuse me, the elite eight where the final four was, you know, however many seconds away. I kept, I kept my notes from that game for years strictly because I knew eventually they crack, you know, that ceiling and they bust through and, and I wanted to know how long it was and what, what the situation was. And, you know, they had gone through the press so easily against Iowa State for them to turn around and struggle with it against Syracuse. I, I, it's it's got to be that Syracuse. Uh, yeah, especially turn. a team that doesn't play press. Yeah. Football-wise, let's see, I was um, – I guess my – you know, my biggest disappointment might be that I – that well, maybe not. Um, I mean, I remember going to the Virginia-Virginia Tech game in Schaub's – I guess it was his last year, and, and it was – I tell the story all the time. I probably told in the podcast, but it was like 55 degrees and partly sunny. And I went in, into a place for a party and my, my roommate at JMU and I came out cause he was dating a girl at tech at the time. And we came out and it was like 44 degrees and blustery. And next thing you know, I mean like we didn't have coats. We didn't, and it was, <laughs> it was a horrible experience to be at, at the game. It was, the game itself was rough. If you were a Virginia fan, and then I had to walk across the drill field in the, in the wind with with just like a t shirt and a and like a uh, like a um, like a flannel like a like a pullover. And it was it was one of the worst experiences, one of the worst sports experiences of my life. Um, that that one was rough. I think that the there were there are a handful of tech games I can point you to that were just brutal. Um, Strictly because either it felt like Virginia was going to win or Virginia was just so inept. That 52 to whatever it was um, several years ago was rough. 7, 10, whatever it yeah, was. 50, yeah, that was yeah. a pretty bad that was, one. That one was bad. Um, so, But, you know, football-wise, there's there's <laughs> a lot more to choose from. So on the hoop side, I'll say the, the Syracuse loss and the Elite Eight. Um, and then on the football side, I'll say one of those, one of those many losses to Virginia Tech, um, whichever one it was that uh, – the probably the, you know what no no I'm gonna be I'm gonna be specific it was the two quarterback situation in Blacksburg because you were just like it was so mind bending you know and I had long time been like a guy who said you look if you have two quarterbacks that's not the end of the deal into the end of the you know the end all be all like if you have two guys can play they should be able to play you know you shouldn't be impacted by oh this guy's getting snaps but man that was one of the worst that whole entire situation even worse probably than last year losing in overtime that one was that one was particularly rough. Um. All right. So wait. Do you have picks on that side? I was going to give you my two. Yeah, give me my, your two. My two are quick and both involve Wahoo Charlie from the board. The first is um, he and I in '07 went to Wake Forest, the place where all seasons go to die. Generally, um, at least in the past, we'd go to the Joel and have no chance of winning the game. Right. And we were. It was that 07 team, and we were playing for a chance to win the ACC regular season title outright and win in the first half and then literally get blown out in the second half. And we, I think we lost by like 18 or mm. something like that. It, that was just painful to leave the Joel. Um, and then the second one is the game in Blacksburg in 2014 for football when we took the lead – with like two minutes to go and Bucky Hodges catches that pass that I'm still not sure how he caught <laughs> tripping over himself, yeah. laying down at the five yard line on a 50 yard pass in the coldest weather I've ever experienced in my entire life. I mean, we had no chance of being warm. Um, that was, that was awful. I mean, it was literally like negative 20 degrees. It was so cold. Um, yeah. So I will never go back to Blacksburg again for a football game, <laughs> ever. 
my uh, uh, my godfather used to say that being he would never be caught dead. Well, no, he would say he wouldn't. He didn't. He would rather be. He would rather have his back broke tied to a tree than be in Blacksburg when Virginia played Virginia Tech. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's it's very specific. But it, he he would say it all the time. You're like I'd rather have my back broke tied to a tree. What's funny for me is I don't really have the animosity towards Virginia Tech that a lot of people do because when I was up there, Virginia Tech was not. I mean, they were playing in the Big East. It didn't matter to me. Yeah, I cared, but I didn't. Um, I I have more animosity towards Carolina and Maryland and Duke than I do Virginia Tech. Yeah, that makes especially because of where you live. You know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, based on where I live, the only team that's tolerable here is is Wake. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can imagine. All right, wait, let's let's. I have some questions for you. First off, okay, if you had, so we know that 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 Wake, you just said Wake is the team that is the most tolerable, and I know you go to some of their games and and you're connected and, and such in that area. But of the three of the big three in the triangle, which one do you do you, do you hate more, and which one? Which one do you think is really the 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 one that fans should hate more? And the reason I'm asking this question is because in where I'm where I grew up and where I'm from, right? Duke is the one that everybody else seems to hate the most, but Carolina is the one that everybody should hate the most because there's the you know the, the older rivalry and, and such. And NC State seems to be the one that everybody who I know who is a very good Virginia fan necess- doesn't necessarily dislike. But my sister lives in Raleigh, and I'm gonna tell you what state people get on my nerves. Um, if you're state if, fans are the worst, if, yeah, out of the three groups yeah, exactly. by far. Um, everyone should hate Carolina. Um, there is nothing redeeming or beneficial <laughs> about that school in any way, shape, or form. Um, there just isn't. Um, the the level of that they the levels that they will go to to win are. Things that just normal people shouldn't be okay with. Their fans are actually okay for the most part. I don't really have a lot of issue with Carolina fans. They're generally good people. Yeah. They they know that they get away with a lot of stuff. Um, Carolina is the team that everybody should hate um, just because. But state fans are the worst. Yeah. And there is no way on God's green earth I would ever let my kid go to state in any <laughs> way, shape, or form. Even if it's the only school they get into, yeah. there is no way I would let them go to state. That's funny. Um, so you have an interesting kind of, I guess, viewpoint of the ACC, given you know the UVA connection plus where you you currently live and have worked in you know for so long. Um, what's the one thing that you? I mean, obviously, Wake seems to be a school that has endeared itself to you a little bit. Um, in hindsight, do you feel bad about talking smack about Wake over the years? Did what was what was your background with with the Triangle, and how has that changed since you've lived there in that in that general vicinity? So I didn't really have a whole lot of exposure to people in the Triangle or from the big three schools over there. I knew more Wake people before I got before I moved to Carolina than I did than I did State or or Carolina or Duke fans. Um, generally, Duke fans Duke fans are not Duke alumni. So I like to separate the two. Duke alumni are generally really great people. Um, you just don't run into them unless you live in New Jersey or, or <laughs> um, New York City or some of the major cities. I, I know a few Duke alumni here locally, but not a ton. Um, and so the Duke fans, yeah, they're obnoxious, but I, I call them Walmart fans. You know, they buy the t-shirt, the Duke t-shirt at Walmart. 
They they get into one of the preseason or early season non-conference games because a friend gave them tickets into Cameron and, you know, they get loud and crazy and they think they're they're, you know, Duke fans. Um, <laughs> Carolina people, because of how big um, the Dean Dome is and how many fans they can just pile in and all the way to the rafters you can get a cheap seat for pretty much any game those guys are really really just bad and state fans are so delusional they still think that Jim Valvano is coaching on the sidelines and they're going to win a state they're going to win a national championship so um I did not run into a lot of those people until I started working down here yeah um and then I quickly learned that I really hate state fans just because <laughs> they're obnoxious for the yeah, most part. That tends um, to, that's, a, that's a stereotype and, that tends to fit. Let's just say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Wake, Wake, I appreciate because Wake fans are, are well-educated. Um, they're not fans because in most cases they're fans because they either went to school there or, um, you know, a family member went to school there. A few of them are fans because they support the team locally, but the fan support that they have is really genuine fan support that's really there because they have a connection to the school, yeah. um, which is just different from the other schools. True. The fans for the other schools are not necessarily connected by by direct point. Mm-hmm. They're, they're Walmart fans. Yeah. Yeah. That, the thing about Duke's interesting because, like, as I grew up, like – I remember I, a friend of mine when I was a kid had tickets to Cameron for like, you know, they played like, you know, North Carolina A&T or somebody. And we went to the game and I loved it. Like, I thought it was a fun experience. But I mean, at that point, like I didn't have like I went to football games, but I didn't have a lot of basketball sort of um, exposure. Um, but Cameron itself, I thought was fun. And that was probably Cameron was the one venue that I went to more than any other where the first time I went as a as, you know, working member of the media, I was very much like, whoa. Um, but a lot of that had as much to do with just the history of the building than it did like, you know, the Cameron crazies or, you know, or it was just a unique experience, um, getting to sit on the court and, you know, that kind of thing. It was one of the, at that point was still one of the few that where you actually got to still sit on the court. And right now it's probably, it might be the, I think last it's the only one, you know, yeah, it's the only one that I know of. Then I had to sit the second time I went to Cameron, I had to sit up in the, in the bird's nest. And there was literally a person who had who, a person who like was there as a fan who was in charge of like moving the, the ladder up and putting it away so they could sit in the seat. Um, and, and then during TV timeouts, like they, they put the ladder down so you could like come go down and like go to the restroom or whatever. It was, it was definitely a fire uh, hazard. Um, but you know, the fire marshal eventually made them change the, the situation. But um, I can definitely understand like, from the outside why a lot of people hate Duke. I just, I guess as a kid, I really hated Carolina. Um, and then my, my sister married into a Carolina family and that just, that just exactly oh the situation even worse. She listens to the podcast. So I'm, got, I'm, I'm sure she's, she's very excited to, uh, to hear that. Um, yeah, I don't know how Dave deals with it. Like, you know, he married, <laughs> he married a tech person. Like, yeah. And not, it's not just, it's not just her. It's like her whole family went to tech. Right. And you know what though? I will say this about, you know what? It, 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 it prepares you for a whole lot in life when you have to be confronted uh, with so much. In, in in eventually, Virginia will beat Virginia Tech in football, and I don't think that there's a single human alive that I will be more excited for than Dave on that day. Because man, the n- amount of crap that that dude has put up with over the last decade or whatever it is. Um, ooh, bl- God well, bless it's funny. Him. I I have um I had the unfortunate distinction of going to. 13 straight years of 
ACC tournaments and never seeing UVA make the semifinals before we finally got there in 2014. And um, my, the first tournament I bring my son to is the one in 2014 where we win it all. And so <laughs> he thinks that, you know, there's He's, never been this period of true. futility because he only knows Virginia as a winner. Right. Well, imagine Even with yeah. his football struggles. He yeah. only really knows Virginia as a winner. That's funny. Imagine if you had like, you know, if, if you were a kid, you were you were 13, you were 15 or whatever. Right. The only thing you've really ever known is that Virginia's always been good at basketball. Like, that's the strangest you know what I'm saying? Like that is, you know, like you didn't have to live through those, those Gillen years, man. You didn't have to live through oh, man. The, the the Dave Lado era. Um, the Gillen years. Yeah, no, I'd rather not relive the and, those. The and one jerseys. Mm. Yes. All right, we'll get you. We'll get you out of here on this. If you could, all right. Let's say, let's say you win the lottery, okay? The, and I'm not talking about like the kind of small lottery. I don't mean you win like 400 bucks. I mean like you won. Five hundred million dollars, okay. Okay, and and you're allowed to to donate to to UVA for some sort of something at one of the two venues, either Scott Stadium or JPJ. What would what would you want? What would be the thing that you know that, that you put your name on? Would it be would it be uh, part of the locker room so you can get a suite at Scott Stadium? Would it be part of the locker room? Would you like all the assistant coaches get paid for by such and such and such from the you know, the Pete, whatever, such and such memorial scholarship, and then you get something at JPJ, which one would you pick? That's interesting. Um, being that I spend a lot of time in that circle of people who write giant checks <laughs> for very large buyouts and otherwise, which we could have that conversation one day if you wanted to. Um, oh, man. This is the fun part of this podcast where basically nobody knows the question's coming, so now you have to sort of figure it out on the fly. Yeah, so for me, I'm I'm a big believer in helping fund educational requirements and things. So right. for me, I would probably spend my money um, building – paying for the team to support educational assistance for the – athletics department right you know for football and basketball, since they all kind of generally share resources even though they may have each team has their own team it all comes from the same pool of of support um so i would probably put my money there and fund educational assistance to help improve the um academic outcomes for the student athletes okay. and so then and so then would you want to have uh, a big. Oh, I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna have a courtside seat. <laughs> there it probably is. Probably right next to John. I was gonna say next to the, um, in the Gresham seats. Yeah, right next to John Gresham seats. Um, um, in between John and um Paul, that's where I'm gonna sit. <laughs> See, I always think that like in the in the event that uh, that that I had that that much wealth, I would definitely set up some sort of you know, I, I would I would one I would probably if it was current I would I would help out with the. Um, the master plan because I think once that thing gets off the ground, you know, it's it's going to be such a huge yeah. That's going to be a, that's going to be amazing thing. But I, you know, there's something about I mean, as much as I love basketball, I mean, there's something about Scott Stadium and you know, I would I mean, I, I, again, the question is is tailored said you had to choose one or the other. Ideally, you'd have both, but for me, I might I might choose football games, man. There's something about being at a game, you know, in October, November, early November. You know, there's a chill in the air. I mean, there's just something about it. Um, and I'm, be I mean, it's one of the nice things about being covering UVA is that that the press box is still open 
so you you you're not necessarily in the elements, but you still feel it, and so that you get a right. much better game day. Like if you go to Duke or you go to Carolina or you go to uh, NC State, you're going to be inside. Or even wait, you're in the tower. Yeah, exactly. You're in something, and and like there's a there's some plexiglass or some whatever in between you and the and you can hear like a little bit of the roar, but it's not the same, you know. Like right. you don't get the electricity. Yeah, exactly. Like when I'm at Scott Stadium, there's a very good chance if I have like a drink up there that some dude is going to be singing the good old song, and and then afterwards we'd waving something around and knock the thing over, you know. Like the, you're right there among actual fans, and I I I, I absolutely love that. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that too. I I I have the one issue of. I don't I wouldn't want a suite at the football in football because I've sat in the suites before and it's just not the same experience like you're saying. And so yeah. for me, you know, I can have access and tickets there and have good seats and be amongst the crowd and have a lot of fun and and be a part of it without having to make, you know, hundred million dollar check writing decisions. <laughs> um for basketball, though, if you want courtside seats, you're going to be paying yeah. a few million dollars in a lump sum, plus some very large ongoing checks. Um, and unless you're well, even if your kid does play there, yeah, um, that's right. I think, you know, even if I'm lucky enough to have Andrew end up playing for UVA, um, I will probably still have to not have courtside seats or at least right on the court seats. Right. I'll probably be a few rows back at yeah. least. Well, and the, and the, the section of families is actually sitting, they sit right in, in front of us uh, in the, right. in the perch. So, and they look really good seats, but they're not courtside, but you're not sitting there with John or anything. Um, Pete, appreciate the time, brother. Um, thank you very much for coming on the show for everybody out there who um, has continued to support the podcast. Thank you very much for that. If you are someone who, would like to be a guest on this, feel free to email me if you're a subscriber. Um, I, I've, I've had a lot of fun with these so far, and we'd like to line up some more as we get deeper into football season. Definitely look at the uh, podcast app that you're you're using right now or on the content item for, for this show to make sure you you give a look to our Fanatics link. Um, that affiliation, affiliate program has helped us out a lot. Uh, if you want to support the, the site, you can – whatever you buy from Fanatics, if you use that link to get there, it doesn't have to be UVA stuff, anything, you know, Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, whatever – that supports the site. So definitely give that a look. Also, uh, my thanks to Thorium Wealth for their support of, of the podcast, as well as the website. Hey, I know All that of, guy. I was going to say, you might, you might know him a little bit. Um, my thanks to them for their support of Cavs Corner throughout this football season. Um, Pete, thanks for coming on. Everybody out there, uh, thanks for, for listening. We will catch you down the road. Uh, this is Brad Franklin, publisher of Cavs, CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.